Who said that? Sir Michael Rock. She was like, we got Gucci on repeat and Pinky on replay. Is that Pinky? No. <laughs> Pinky. Remember Pinky? No, I know. I know what you're talking about, but like, I, you're just watching porn back to back. Like. <laughs> <laughs> While well, listening to Gucci. <laughs> that sounds wild. That sounds wild. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. What's up? It's your boy, Big Cozy, Too Cozy. I'm here kicking it with my amigo, Spence and Nigel. This is the Highly Vibe Podcast, episode 39. You already know it's holiday season. So, what's up, fellas? What's going hey. on, y'all? Relaxing, no G underscore Jackson. I'm sitting here with my friends. It's a little late at night, but we came Guapo here. Guapo Jackson. Still came through. Big, big Jackson. Guapo Jackson, as I've been deemed tonight. You know, I'm here for the uh, people before we, you know, go and chill for the rest of the year with our, you know, families and loved ones and all that other good shit. It's a whole lot of money. <laughs> Tell me, you put your, your names on the money, man. Just let them know that. Um, yo, what's going on, everybody? You're checking in. This is Spence from the Holiday Vibes Podcast. Uh, you can follow me at St. Kitch on Instagram, st.kitch. Also, follow us at the Instagram page of the Holiday Vibes Podcast on Instagram and as well as advise highly on Twitter. So, with that being said, um, everything's going, everything's good for myself overall. Uh, can't really complain. Uh, just getting through the week, just like any other week. You know what I mean? A whole bunch, a lot of things been happening, but I think we'll kind of dive into some of that stuff anyway. So how's everything been going for yourself, Lyle? Well, fellas, I ain't even gonna hold you. Rough ass weekend, you know, right. but that's okay because you know what I mean? Sometimes the coziest and the most relaxed, sometimes his sheets will get a little wrinkly, you know? Sometimes it, it's time for me to go out and get some new linen, some new silk, you know, to, to refine the, you know, Wisconsin King that I'm sleeping on. So <laughs> it's okay. Oh, I'm all right. <laughs> I'm just saying. Wisconsin King, bro. <laughs> hey, you ain't never heard of it, man. Cause your mind has been, you know, exposed to it, bro. It's Alaska King. <laughs> Wisconsin King, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Yo, you bought that mattress for like two hundred dollars, man. You yeah. probably bought that mattress for like twenty five dollars. I'm lying. Yo, uh, on the real, I bought my mattress for like six hundred dollars on sale. <laughs> <laughs> on sale, six hundred dollars, bro. Lado, did you buy your your mattress for like a hundred bucks? <laughs> oh my god, man! Nah. So what happened was, first of all, one, I'm there's no way in hell. I'm ever buying a hundred dollar mattress. You gotta be out of your fucking mind. <laughs> that's that's first and foremost. Two, <laughs> I did buy my first mattress uh like uh not too long ago. And it was crazy because I didn't realize how much is how nice it is having a new mattress compared to the old mattress you have in life. What also I didn't know is that buying a mattress is like buying a damn car. The dude, I was in there, I was ready to go. He was like, All right, you know. I'm not, I was like, I'm not going to buy this mattress today. Thank you. He's like, look, look, look. I'm going to give you a gift card if you buy the mattress today. And I was like, <laughs> what? it was like a hundred dollar gift card or some shit like that. And I was like, sir, you know, you know, thanks, but I'm just going to go and shop around. He's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Look, look, look. I got two gift cards. <laughs> and then I still walked away. I was like, no, sorry. Thank you. He's like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm going to take it down $400 for you and give you the gift cards. And after that, you have to leave. 
And I said no. And then he finally gave me the price I asked for. So I was like, all right, thank you. <laughs> so you just, this is just your negotiation tactic the whole time, man. Nah, I really just didn't want to buy the mattress. <laughs> but he but he gave me what I asked for. So how was I not supposed to take the damn mattress? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he gave me a deal that I asked for. It was like, all right, fuck it. You got me. Hey man, yeah. shouts shouts out to him, man. But he could have swindled a young legend like, you know, Guapo Jackson, aka Mister Whole Lot of Money. Yeah, aka my name's on the dollar bill, baby. Look, on man, the they, they can fuck with me. They can't fuck with me. Come on, man. no, they They're can't. Now. The descendant of Andrew come Jackson. Come on, come on, man. <laughs> 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 oh man, that, oh, man. <laughs> you know man oh. I, it, it's one beautiful thing about every time we uh get together and record man it's always something to laugh about i swear to you yo yes, it's like sir. one of the few things i definitely look forward to every single week yo with yeah. you guys you know you what guys are funny and it's cool because like you know last week was a little bit of a rough one like but probably the only you know good week i had last week was like monday and then after that my week went to shit you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but it was like it was cool because y'all came over on monday so i was pretty dope you know what i mean yeah man happy birthday man 29 years to a young legend you know he went from a pawn to a motherfucking king bro this nigga used to be a yo he he went to a whole lot of money overnight bro Overnight, big licks. They just don't know the story yet. That's all it is. Yeah, man. You don't gotta know tell me your story. Hey, don't man. Hey, man. You're like, you know, uh, Dollar Boy. It's my time now. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> Speaking of my time, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta chill, yo. <laughs> you gotta chill. It looks like Joe Biden. It looks like Joe Biden actually won the electrical electoral colleges. Jeez, you really no love. more transitions for you, bro. Yeah. You gotta chill with this transition, man. Speaking of in other news, yeah. Uh, but nah, yeah, I did see something about um he he actually did win the electoral college vote, so which pretty much puts the nail well, let me not say nail in a coffin, but um it pretty much puts the writing on the wall that this race is probably over. Being that, uh, from what I'm hearing, other people on the opposing side have are, have already started like falling back, so, allegedly, from what I've heard. So, not sure. I, from the resources that I have, I thought they're they're sufficient, but just saying. But yeah, congratulations to Joe with with the victory, such as that, though. So, hey, hey man, man. We, I mean, we seen it, we knew it. A lot of people knew it as well, but there was also a lot of people that was denying it. A lot of people thought the election was rigged because of a narrative that was going around. And uh, we're just going to see, man, from 2021 moving forward, we're going to see for the next four years, okay, are we going to move in a better position as a country or is this still going to be a shit show? So only time will tell. Yeah, I'm here with you. Like, that's really where I'm at with the whole, you know, presidential election. Um, I just want whoever, like, like I want, I want Joe Biden just to be a good president for us and actually, you know, try to do something good for the people. That's where I'm at. And if we can get something good out of that, then that's great for us as a people. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
Agreed. I definitely agree. I mean, um, it it seems like it seems like already that he's kind of putting a, a plan together anyway for like his people and like his teams and everything like that in the in terms of like the teams he's assembling. So, well, assembling. So, I think I, I think we just gotta wait and see what what actually comes of all of this. But in the meantime, we just gotta like I mean, just take take it with each step. I guess you could say. I had a question for you guys though. Are you guys gonna take the vaccine? Because I'm not sure if you've seen, but I'm not sure if you guys seen, but uh, earlier this week, I think it was like a 90 year old woman. She actually ended up taking the vaccine. She was like the first person in the world to actually take the vaccine. And apparently like there's been multiple people since then uh, actually taking the vaccine as well. So I'm not in a situation where I have to take it at the moment. Same here. And I guess we'll just see when the time comes, you know, until I'm put in the situation. Yes, yes, yeah. I'm gonna leave it at that where Nazel's at because I don't want to say too much, and I think you and Nigel can understand why. Right, I totally understand. Totally understand. So, well, how do you feel about the at least about this ninety-year-old woman being like the first person? Like it it is very reminiscent of like a Simpsons episode to some extent, but Uh, like two two words come in my mind: guinea pig. Oh, I thought you were gonna say something else. <laughs> or, <laughs> nah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, I hope she's healthy. That's all I can really say. Like, I, I'm curious to know, like, as to what's going on with that. Um, I would hope she's okay from that. There can be a lot that comes with something like this, just being that it's so early, so early in its in its phase, I guess you could say, of development with the medicine allegedly, but. We have time between now and when we get like when I think most people will be able to get the vaccine from what I heard, it might be like mid sometime mid sometime like mid like June, July of next year, mid summer. So I mean between now and then, I mean we'll see like anything that happens or whatever and just in terms of cause and effect when it comes to like the application of the vaccine. So, but I know like there's, there's been like some, like, I I don't know. I think with 2020, I'm just hoping that it doesn't end up being like a, hopefully 2021 doesn't end up being a crazy year because just when we thought we almost got out of it, we end up, I don't know if you guys saw, but like uh, Pornhub, apparently they did like a whole purge on like their whole system. And apparently like they got rid of like, all of like their the a fair majority of their catalog to say the least yeah apparently they only went to the uh verified pages or the pages that were like i guess somewhere near verifiable and i I guess if i would assume if there's a reason they did it is because a lot of people um say that a lot of uh child pornography is actually on pornhub wow i did not know that that makes a lot of fucking sense why they would do what they're doing then right so they're trying to um you know get rid of some of that stuff and you know keep it to where people are only you know using it for what it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be used for for adults you know i'm i i can't be you know like who can be against that you know what i mean like yeah you know like and of course some people are going to get caught up in that you know who you know don't deserve to be but hopefully you know they can find an outlet somewhere else or you know be able to get their stuff back at some point so that that's man that's bizarre i did not know that i thought it was just like hey you know people uploading videos of themselves randomly having sex we just want to have verified people only you know what i mean i didn't know it was like hey because 
people are doing really fucking evil shit by uploading crazy shit like that. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to to start purging that. Well, the reality is is that that stuff is out there. You know what I mean? And sometimes, like, let's let's be real. Like, that's like um the dude, and this is like definitely a, a very minimal like you know type situation where it happened where the dude was playing Twitch and actually streaming the UFC fight, and he was pretending like he was playing the game. You know, he's streaming yeah. the UFC fight on Twitch. It's like, you're not allowed to do that, but somebody got away with it. You know what I mean? Right, but compared to, like, child pornography, bro, Exa- like, exact- that's... I know, it's a it's a way different thing. It's, it's way more serious and, like, more, like, it's... Right. You know, you and, know what I mean? And, but at the same but, time, like, when people are talking Pornhub, and I wasn't thinking of anything until you mentioned it, people are going to Pornhub because they're like, hey, I'm trying to watch some free porn. Right. And then now it's like okay now it's been brought to my attention like hey there was actually incidents of people uploading child porn it makes a lot of sense while the Pornhub administrators are like yo we gotta get a handle on this well my because because I mean I'm pretty sure they don't want their website to be a representation of hey this is the wild wild west upload whatever you deem see fit well, my point in saying that was is that people are getting away with stuff all the time on these random websites. And that's why, you know, you have moderators and whatnot to make sure that shit's not going on. This is actually a big part of the uh, Facebook lawsuit I think they were talking about as the, how um, they have people moderating their uh, social media, if I'm not mistaken. And some people are going through and just looking at all the stuff they're uploading for social media and seeing, like, all of it. You know what I mean? And we all know yeah. that there's certain shit that we don't want to see, but there's somebody who's getting paid to, like, look at all of it well yeah. i don't want to go too deep dive into that maybe that's something we should talk about in a future episode but i think there needs to be a balance when it comes to shit like that you know what i mean because if you don't have people moderating certain stuff you'll have people like hey i'm gonna upload shit that shouldn't be uploaded yeah yeah for sure well yeah. like, you have to figure out some type of way it's yeah well it's it's that and then it's like when it came to like the porn hub situation, it was it was a child pornography, but it was also the um it was also it was some part of like the whole pirating movies thing as well. But <laughs> yeah. I know um some very well known card uh companies withdrew themselves from um from Pornhub and I think Mind Mind Geek or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or Mind yeah, Mind Geek, which is like the parent company. So like of course, typically when you force some to to get change quickly is to pull someone's pocket. So yep. it um it I think that was the the main one of the main drivers behind why something like this happened so quickly. It is it I think it I think because of because of like the whole nastiness of like child pornography, I think it does make sense for something like this to happen though. Because prior prior to it, it didn't make sense to me either until I had read more into it, and it it made more sense as to why something like this would be happening. I just think um, I'm very interested to see what happens to like their business model moving forward. Just because they, I think they uh, in the article that I read, they had lost like they deleted like their most popular like non verified account. Uh, video like that even like the most popular video on the page got deleted because of like this because of like this new like amendment so i'm i'm very interested to see what happens if it drives traffic to like up to like their competitors or 
if it would just be something within like their parent company umbrella. So yeah, man, that's fucking wild, man. And then it's just it's sad that we live in a world where like shit like that exists. You know what I mean? And it's just it's very disgusting. You know, to mildly put it, it's it's very is. And what else is fucking disgusting is the Paul brothers. They're fucking they should they should be in the same fucking boat as that. You know, they're abominations to in the world of boxing right now, if you ask me. So I know you guys heard about the, you know, quote unquote breaking fucking news. Floyd Mayweather once again coming out of retirement for another uh probably fifteen to twenty million dollar payday against Logan Paul, a guy who's 0-1 in his professional boxing career, and he lost to another YouTuber. And and actually, if you if you anybody watch highlights of that fight where he lost to KSI, Logan Paul was doing a lot of the clinching, or some casual fans say hugging. You know, so if you think that he struggled and lost to a guy like KSI, who's also not a boxer, I mean, just imagine what you think what he Floyd would do to him. But of course knowing the scam artist Floyd has been as of late, he'll probably drag it out four or five rounds so people can, you know, falsely, <laughs> falsely believe that they're getting their money's worth. When we all know that Floyd could, could really beat this guy up within the first three minutes of the boxing belt. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's it's a waste of time. I mean, of course, I'm going to watch it because it's Floyd Mayweather, but, you know... He, he's doing it for money. Floyd likes getting paid. And what an easy payday it is for him to box somebody who's only had but one boxing match and you're arguably the best boxer of all time. So, like, I mean, what is, what else is there really to say? Man, listen. Floyd got to cut it out, bro. <laughs> like, I'll just keep it a buck with you. Floyd, like, don't get me wrong. Just like anybody else, we're all going to watch it, right? Because it's Floyd Mayweather. But the reality is, like, at some point, and it kind of goes into the whole, like, just the same way that Lyle's talked about it before, about boxing being a crime, right? The way the art, the sport of boxing is a crime today. Even, like, granted, I get it, like, Floyd is just, it's, it's easy money. Like, this is practically free money. And because of that, it's, you're a fool not to take free money. But at the same time, it's like, come on, yo. At some point, there's, I think, I think, I think the greed that could be sitting there or just the desire for the free money could really jeopardize, like, all it takes is one moment where Floyd just is just a hair of a second not fast enough, right? Where, granted, I don't think it would be against someone like Logan Paul, but I'm saying, like, if, because I can see, I see Floyd doing something like this every year. Like this is something that's probably going to be like a traditional thing for him where he's able to still get the, he's still able to be in the limelight, still able to be in like a big quote unquote fight and then not really count towards anything, even if he loses. But it is annoying. annoying. I agree with you, man. It's just like, you know, the Seahawks today, they got their second bye week. Right. And, um, 
The right. reason why I say they got their second bye week because they beat the fucking Jets. And we all know that's not really a game. <laughs> so, like, let's be real, like, with Floyd. This is just this is just another boxing session, like another sparring session for Floyd. Like, it's against somebody that literally is like, hey, this guy's off the street. I don't care what nobody says about Logan Paul. He's been boxing two, three years, him and his brother Jake. You know, compared to Floyd, he's a guy off the street. You know, he is not, he's nowhere near the level of Floyd. This is the, you know, boxing boxing scam 101. And I will not pay for this fight. Will I watch the little highlights on Twitter and people will post on YouTube or whatever like that? Sure. Why why not? You know, because it's there free. I'm not spending my hard-earned money on that. If I was going to spend all Tyson and Roy Jones, two Hall of Famer, former world champions, Right. I'm not going to spend it on Floyd beating Logan Paul. And if Floyd does the job to Logan Paul, I don't want to hear anybody. Boxing will die. If he does the job to Logan Paul. No, because I've seen this speculation come out like, oh, Floyd is going to throw the fight to Logan Paul so this way they could do big money rematch. If he does wow. the job. That would be horrible. If he does the job to Logan Paul, February 20th, 2021 is the date that boxing has died because it's like, you're going to job out to a YouTuber, but you won't job out to a legitimate boxer. Like that'd be, it's, it destroys boxing completely, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think Floyd, like I said, he's going to dance around the ring for five or six rounds. Then he's going to put Logan Paul away. I don't, I don't even know if he's allowed to because his exhibition bout, right? The world boxing corrupt. They might fucking figure out a way they could get a draw and have some type of medal or some shit like that at the end of it. They're going to make it not count. You know what I mean? They'll be like, oh, like we're going to wear protective gear. Da, da, da. It won't be like a it won't be like a boxing match. You know what I mean? Not one of his 50. It'll be like something where we can just throw it to the side. And if Jake Paul were to let's let's say the grace of God hits Jake Paul and he somehow finds a way to beat Floyd Mayweather randomly or or Floyd Mayweather just drops a fight and then they'll just go again you know what I mean well uh, like I said the sport That's of boxing would die that night it would die he it would it, it's already people are already clowning the event they're like come on Floyd you know what I mean That's you could right. at, at least rematch Pacquiao or if you want to give a if you want to give an exhibition bout rematch Connor or somebody somebody who could fight at least the Logan Paul, really? You know what I mean? This is what Spence, correct me if I'm wrong. This is what you're talking about last week. Or hey, if the Paul brothers are doing celebrity boxing fights between them and another celebrity, that's okay. Or them against right. another YouTuber, that's okay. But you talk about arguably the greatest box of all time. Fighting Logan Paul, a guy that we wouldn't we would never talk about, but we're now talking about it because it's worldwide breaking news. Hey, surprise, guys. Boxing is scamming you out of your hard-earned money again. We, we want to steal your money because the UFC is the real fighting now, and we're not real fighting. You know, we have Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury. That fight won't happen. It's not because of the boxers. It's because, you know, they're scam promoters sitting there <laughs> – haven't found a way to scare people out of their money yet so it's she, just it's 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 okay let me stop because I <laughs> nah nah I, I mean trust me man i share your sentiment when it comes to this whole boxing thing at times because 
there's a lot of fights that there's certain fights that should be made that the people actually want to see, right? That because of the politics of the sport, they don't happen when they should happen. They happen when they're less desired, right? And of course, we can look at plenty of fighters, but even like the when you look at someone like the Fury and Joshua at this point, because after Joshua just had a nice, uh, a great victory recently, you even say with someone like him, you're like, yo, now his mandatory is Usek. But it's like, though Usek, there's a chance that Usek can beat him. But like, let's be honest, like me and you were talking about it earlier, like we want like Bob and Eddie need to figure out how to sit down and say, how can we make that fight happen? And some, when you look at someone like Floyd and this Logan Paul thing, granted, it is an exhibition. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, you say to yourself, at, at the end of the day, when we watch Floyd Mayweather, we're buying into the fact that we want to see Floyd lose. That's what everybody buys a Floyd Mayweather fight for. That's the end-all, be-all. Let's be honest. It loses its flair when it's like a YouTuber and not like, Lao said, like someone like Conor McGregor or a rematch with Pacquiao, because I mean, Pacquiao is really his, him rematching Pacquiao at this point would be the equivalent of like the, a younger version of that Tyson versus Jones, uh, versus Roy Jones Jr. Like at that moment, it's like, it makes sense. But when these guys are doing like all this, like extra, extraness of fighting just these celebrities, just for, just for the heck of it, just for a quick money grab it does taint the sport because it's just like the the pool of money that's there in terms of like people willing to buy is only only a few people like only a handful of people are actually buying the fight more people are probably there's probably more people pirating it unfortunately but like there's probably more people there's probably more people who bought ufc 256 this past weekend really (laughs) <laughs> probably so i yeah i heard i didn't even have a chance i didn't have a chance to catch it but i ended up watching some of the highlights i heard um earth tony lost tony yeah. lost tony tony lost man they're they're saying like he's the lightweight woodley now and it's it's, it's i don't think it's, that's fair that's not fair. wow uh so <clears throat> just to recap ufc 256 great event if you spent your hard-earned money on it good for you because all the fights except I think all the fights well there was there was a lot of fights that ended in knockout but the uh, the other three fights that did end in knockout were uh they were all great fights they were all good fights good showings good especially that main event people are calling that main event potential fight of the year greatest flyweight fight of all time it's it might classic. be it's one of the best flyweight fights I've seen yeah it, it was a really good fight it was a really good fight but uh you know what's a let's start things off with like tony real quick so tony man i don't know if he should have taken that fight that's what it looked like to me man because he he uh you know it looked like he was really timid Oliveira was walking him down Oliveira was still getting hit but you know when he was getting hit it was kind of like all right i'm eating this shit it's really not affecting me because he's he opposes well he he did whatever he wanted to Tony. Yeah, he, he took did. him down. He almost Tony. One thing I'll give Tony credit for: he had Tony in a crazy armbar where he hyperextended his arm, and it looked like his arm was about to break off. And Tony didn't tap. He, I don't know if that was because he was saved by the bell or that's just Tony. Hey, I'm not tapping. He ripped my arm off. I think but, any sooner than he would have tapped. 
Yeah, it looked bad, man. It looked like his arm was about to break. But Tony, man, he just got spanked. He really got spanked. And, you know, do I think he should retire? No. But do I think he needs to take time off? Probably. And he needs to get a coach because apparently he didn't have a coach. Look, man, like I when I was watching the fight, I was like, it just looks. (laughs) He didn't have a coach. He, He just had people training partners, sparring partners with him. He didn't have a, a coach at all. What it looked like when I was watching the fight was like, it just looked like he came back a little too soon. Like, I think he, like that fight was a grueling fight for him against Justin Gaethje. And it was like, you know, he- Justin Gaethje. Yeah, he really got beat. And it's just one of those things where there's nothing wrong with taking off a little bit more time just to get yourself back, you know, in tip top shape. And I just feel like he just, he just looked like a guy who needed more time, not a guy who's like washed up. Like, I think it's a little too soon to say that, you know, only time will tell, but he just looked like somebody who just needed a little bit more of a break. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, like I said, I didn't, I only watched some of the highlights, so I can't really go into detail in terms of like Tony's performance necessarily. But I do remember, uh, cause I was talking to Nigel about this actually before the fight and we we're both agreeing. We we're both in agreement that like, this was like a critical fight for Tony just because of um, uh, just because of like coming off of a loss with Justin Gaethje. And typically like you, it's very common as you see it in the sport where a guy gets to like being like the number one contender or almost fights for the number one contender spot, but something happens. And then all of a sudden their career just goes like down the toilet pretty much. So, and like, I'm, I'm hopeful that, it, from what it sounds like that the issue that Tony just had was just like coming back to the ring a little too soon because that fight he did have with Justin Gaethje was very grueling. And it was like Justin Gaethje, like that was one hell of a performance we saw from Justin Gaethje that night. So um, I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it's more or less something for Tony where he just needs to rebound from and he just needs to take like some time off and really like, get his bearings back together like I got a question though do you guys think like moving forward like in his next fight do you feel that his next fight would be like the most pivotal fight in terms of like win or loss in terms of like no no I I do because if he loses this fight now we're talking about like yo you lost three fights in a row to you know the top 10 lightweights you know what I mean one was a top five guy one was a guy who was ranked seven I'm pretty sure he'll get another fight, but it won't be any, it'll either be another guy who's ranked seven or a guy who's like ranked eight or nine. Right. He's, you know, and if he loses that, it's kind of like, okay, his career is, is dwindling down. And I think, you know, with Tony, besides him coming too soon, I think the problem was the fact, one of the other problems was the fact he didn't really have a coach. He, you know, he had this whole, I'm the smartest guy in the room. I don't need anybody to teach me how to fight type of shit. Like, and, you know, he came in there and he just got dominated. And with that, it also shows, like, maybe if him and Habib did fight, Habib probably would have dominated him. You know what I mean? Well, did he have a coach for the Justin Gaethje fight? He had fucking, um, if I'm not mistaken, he had, yeah, Eddie Bravo. Eddie Bravo went on Joe Rogan, like, a week later saying, like, hey, I should have never been the coach for the fight. I'm like a wide receiver coach. Like, ah, okay, that's yeah. why. Yeah, so he, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, maybe, 
if that's the case, then I, his next fight really might not be then because, I mean, maybe he just needs to get a better team around him for real. And Eddie Bravo could always be like his like jujitsu coach or something like that. But I mean, maybe he just needs like a actual trainer trainer for it. Because if that's the case, then he's made it a long way just by being Tony Ferguson. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But my best, Vince, you were already talking. Well, I was going to say, but that's true. Like he has made it a long way with being Tony Ferguson, but like if he loses another fight, just definitely after seeing what Dana's done already with like cutting like player like fighters and everything and like cut saying like hey we're gonna be cutting like even bigger name fighters beyond like the Yoel Romero's and everything. Like I don't think Tony's really in a position right now to really be in like a a three fight losing streak. And like, let's say he was to lose, like, if let's say he was to go on a three fight losing streak and lose to this next guy, that's let's say eight or nine. Like, at that moment, I think I'm not saying he would get cut, but I think it could, it would, I think it would lean Dana into saying like, "Yo, like, this guy's washed. Like, we just gotta cut him from the roster and like just keep it moving." So like, I, I even though like, I, granted, I didn't see his performance last night. But I do think like his next fight could be like very crucial to his career just from that that perspective of the whole thing with Dana. So Yeah, I I agree with you, Spence. I agree with you. And like you know, for the main event, these are two unknown fighters outside of the combat sports, you know, analysts and fans. But Davidson Figueroa and Brandon Moreno had a classic championship fight. It was a great fight. It was honestly, I'm I'm not even gonna lie. I was very impressed with Brandon Moreno. The shots that he was getting hit cracked with, I thought he was gonna get knocked out, but he was eating it, and he was cracking Figueredo. Yes, he was with precise, precise boxing. His boxing was on point. And then, like after the fight, people were saying like, you know, he, he they reminded him like of old school Mexican boxers. You know, how he was just eating shit, but come back and he went in and, you know, he would counter. I was just like, I was impressed with the fight, man. I was impressed with the fight. The fight edited a majority draw. Davidson Figueredo, he's a low-key dirty fighter. He, like, kicked, he kicked, <laughs> he kicked Moreno, like, right in the nuts. He like, did, he did. <laughs> right he wasn't playing. <laughs> like, on some pro wrestling shit, kicked him right in the nuts. Here's, you know, my question about the fight is, like, the way he holds his hands, he holds his hands so low, man, like throughout the whole fight, like just face out. And I'm like, he's not really counterboxing. He's just like saying like, who's, who's tougher type, you know, striking. That's what it felt like sometimes. I mean, did you, did you get that low or is it, was yeah, it just me? I, well, yeah, I got that. And like, I don't know if you guys seen an interview by Cody Garbrandt about a couple of weeks ago, but he said, he, Cody was like, yo, he keeps his hands low. He's like, if he were to fight a guy with really good boxing, like Cody, because you know, you might he's put him a, away. Yes, he exactly. Might put him to sleep for real, for real, because he's not because, playing that game. Yo, Brandon Moreno outstruck Figueredo, and I, and the the only thing, the only reason why Brandon probably didn't get the knockout TKO, he probably didn't have the power to put him away. But somebody like a Garbrandt, it's not going to look good. You know what I mean? Some let's say like Demetrius Johnson were to fight him or Henry Cejudo. These guys have knockouts. You know, from strikes, which they would they would put Figueroa away. He he's literally walking forward with his hands down. No, yes, like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no. If you watch that fight, just look at the way he holds his hands, and also 
Demetrius Johnson recently came out and said he's never fighting the UFC again. He's like, once he's done in in one, that's pretty much it for him. It's a wrap. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, hey, Why man. is that? It's just, I guess he just doesn't want to do it anymore. He's getting older. He's like 37. Hey, man, good good for him. He doesn't have to prove nothing. You know, get yourself one more world title, even though if it's in a shysty organization like oh. one. But <laughs> Jeez, man. Jeez, man. Well, I hope you didn't have anything crazy to say to, like, Anthony jo- Johnson or Yoel Romero when they signed the Bellator that man. Hey, man, shouts out to both of them. I'm glad that Bellator got him. Because remember last week, guys, I was telling you, hey, you know, these UFC cuts, Yes, unfortunately, some fighters will lose their jobs, whatever, but it's actually healthy for the MMA market while these other promotions, they could start getting other fighters. Boom. Yeah. Example. Here's an example right here. Anthony yep. Johnson, you all, people go to tune in to watch Anthony Johnson fight. People were not fight each other. People were not happy. That would be crazy. That would right? be, that's, that'd be a fight to tune into. I definitely know? watch that. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. People were not happy with Anthony Johnson. Re- announced his retirement people weren't happy when it when you all remember got cut so these two going to bellator it's a smart move on bellator because they know hey people are going to tune in to watch these guys whether they fed each other or not yeah i mean that's uh it's it's a smart move on bellator's behalf at the end of the day like you having someone like like anthony josh johnson not anthony joshua but anthony johnson coming back granted like i I'm hoping, like, I'm not sure the details of his his deal with them, but I'm hoping it's, like, a short contract because I would love for him to come back to the UFC just just for, like, the fanboy me to see him and, like, John Jones actually fight each other, hopefully. But, like, even then, like, if that ship has sailed, has set and sailed, I'm fine with that also. So, but even then, like, I know when Anthony Johnson does fight, when he, Anthony Johnson does fight, um... I am going to be watching it. Like I think oh, anybody, yeah. anybody that's with a reasonable mind is going to want to watch him fight just as much as Joel Romero. So it's it's. I think the the interesting thing is to see how like this top level talent, quote unquote top level talent, which is coming from the UFC, seeing how how this this tier of talent will perform in the in Bellator. Because you never know how things how things will change over time where you'll have certain promotions, the, the quality of their fighters progress. Like you have someone like the Pitbulls and so on and so forth. So you've came along, we've came a long way from just like someone like Michael Venom Page, right? And yeah. then you have someone like a Pitbull who's like in that pound for pound conversation as well. And seeing how someone like Anthony Johnson and Yoel Romero see like, though they may have gotten cut from the UFC and like you said it it widens the the talent pool for other promotions it's curious to see how well they'll perform there within the UFC because which, which by the way like uh Michael Venom Page man like you're talking about a guy who really just gets like a lot of shine for almost nothing man like it, <laughs> it's like very flashy style and like one of like in the few times he's actually fought people who are like known to be like talented fighters, like was either almost fucked up or got knocked out. Like, you know what I mean? Shit's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, well like, I, uh, he, I mean, he's a glorified can, man. He was like Alistair Overeem, uh, you know, Overeem 
was over in Pride, you know, stuffing his ass with steroids and knocking <laughs> out, <laughs> <laughs> knocking out kids, uh, and that's why they gave him the name Uberim and Override because this guy was he was juiced, juiced up really, really well, and just can crushing. And right. he goes over to the UFC. Yeah, he beats Brock Lesnar. The next time he starts getting knocked out because you know, hey, over here in the UFC, you can't fight on steroids. Yeah, I can't believe. Yo, it's so funny when it comes to Uberine, man. Uberine, <laughs> like, because I I never forget. I watched um someone like I never forget like someone like him. He was on when I first discovered him. I was watching like videos on YouTube, right? And I was seeing like him fighting at the Grand Prix and all of this stuff. Da da da, and like it was like some clips where you saw like there was a noticeable change in his physique, yeah. right? Where it was like. He went from being a boy to being in a grown man, like 39-year-old rock body. You get what I'm saying? No, and he's definitely taking steroids. Yo, but I. you know, I was so I was so <laughs> naive at the time, yo. I was watching it because I was working out a lot. This dude was just like, yo, I just eat a lot. He was like, I eat like all day. And I was just thinking, oh, that makes <laughs> sense. And then eventually one day I was like, hold on, yo. I was like, there's no way someone can eat 10 times a day and look like this and still like be like an elite fighter. And I was like, yo, this man is juiced to the gills. Come on, yeah. he, he gained like 45 pounds of muscle in like the span <laughs> of like two years. Like, you know what I mean? You know how unrealistic that shit is? Yeah. Like, yeah. like that shit yeah. is crazy to do without some type of like major fucking help. Like, he said it was <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Yo, I'm a find honestly, I'm a find the video clip because he there's a video clip of him talking about that. And he says it's because I was just eating more food. He was like, I was eating more meals a day. Yeah, all right. Sure. You, know, that, you know, that's how TJ got all that APO. He you know, he went through he went through uh, overall like sandwich. Yeah. Hey man, tell him it's horse meat. Like I said, without some extra help, like yeah, fucking Canelo James really Harden trying to go to the <laughs> Brooklyn Nets for it to help them out, possibly win a title or whatever. So how do you guys feel about the NBA season coming back like next week? So right now it's in preseason and uh, Katie, actually Katie and Kyrie yesterday, they played their first, you know, game together. And, um, KD, you know, he looked like he might be back. Back, back. Yeah, KD was looking good, man. I mean, mind you, this is like, you know, preseason shit, but KD wasn't looking like he was out there hurting. Yeah, yep. So That's a good sign, though. It is. a real good sign. (laughs) It's a very good sign. So, I mean, if I was somebody possibly thinking of, uh, you know, going somewhere, a.k.a. like Giannis or, you know, James Harden, I would be watching that. Yeah, my bad. Go ahead, bro. Oh no, oh no, I was just gonna say, like, um, yeah, it would be something I would keep my eyes out look eye looking for. Like I know I had a coworker actually come to me and uh he was like, Yo, he asked me a question. He was like, Yo, did you hear about uh I guess apparently Kyrie had even said something like, Yo, this is like the best player I've ever like Katie's like the actual best player I've ever played with. I guess it was like some slight to LeBron or something like that, apparently. Yeah, yeah. You know, Kyrie, he's a guy that he needs to just shut up. <laughs> like, the 
he said like you know nobody's more clutch than than like KD and I look at it kind of like yo KD is nice KD easily top five arguably top three player in the world today but like come on you're telling me LeBron the guy that carried you to a championship you know literally put you on his fucking back and said hey I just need you to hit a couple of threes for me you you know like I just don't see how he, I mean, obviously him and LeBron, they probably have some, some, some type of low key beef or whatever. But when he said that, it was, I was like, Oh my God, here he goes. He's breaking out the knee pads because he knows that he was never going <laughs> to get a championship without the help of KD. Like KD is that type of player. Like, Hey, we could go to the finals and win a ring like LeBron. Nice. Hey, we could go to the finals, and win a ring. Like, you know, he he is like, thank God, you know, thank God I have somebody like KD because, you know, he he was never going, he was always going to have the one championship that he, LeBron gave him, you know. No, so yeah. of course, so of course, he's doing his best to lotion up everything that he can for KD and butter him up. <laughs> I just thought, I thought it was, it was stupid, man. For Kyrie, he and did you guys see that Kyrie was like, hey. You know, I'm not going to be talking to pawns referencing the media. So the oh, NBA, Stephen A. Smith did not like that shit. The media oh, finder. Same, same with Shannon Sharp. They didn't like that either. Because yeah, you, you're, you're essentially calling people who cover you and give you light and bring awareness to you. And you're and believe it or not, you're plastered. You're one of the top two sports plastered in America. And you said, hey, we don't want to. I'm not talking to pawns. OK, now you deserve all the criticism coming your way. Yeah, that wasn't. That's not a smart thing. That's a bad choice of words to have. Like to say to call to call the people that pretty much work for, not necessarily work for you, but, but you kind of you guys have a, a relationship where it's like, hey, this is mutually beneficial. Yeah. Like to to turn around and be like, hey, you're a pawn. It's like, yeah, it's like I think you kind of drinking your own Kool Aid at that point, man. Like, well, here's my thing. Like, I think that. Um, to a, I agree with what you're saying, but I don't blame them for not wanting to talk to to the media and whatever. Like they don't have to necessarily want to talk to the media, but like to a certain degree, like it's a part of your job. Like this comes with the territory. You know what I mean? Right. I don't yeah. want to drive to work every day, but I mean, like you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's part of his job, and he got fined because he didn't show up and talk to the media. I'm like, bro, you could have pulled a Marshawn Lynch and be like, I'm only here so I won't get fined. Exactly. And people and people loved that. Even the media loved it. They were just asking him random questions just to hear what craziness he was going to say. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. they they loved, they loved that. They ate that shit up. You know, he, he became like a superstar that year for that shit. So, like, it, yeah. I, I, Kyrie, man, I'll tell you, the dude, he's a... He's a I don't know. It's not, it's not all there for him, man. And I, I'm glad that LeBron moved on and got a better player in Anthony Davis, man. And I think LeBron, LeBron might retire at the same time. Drake might retire, man. You know, two, two number ones crazy. at the same time. That yeah. would be crazy. That would be crazy. Having, I mean, imagine like if, if I feel like, cause you know how like with LeBron, cause you know, how he, uh, he produced, uh, who was it? Two chains album. Like Matt, yeah, you remember when he, he produced did. Two Chains' album allegedly? What was um, it? Uh, rapper go to the league, right? Yeah, rapper go to the league. I didn't know that. Wow, okay. there's some good yeah. songs on that album too. 
Yeah, it was some good songs, but it wasn't it it wasn't like pretty like pretty girls like trap music. Yeah, that that but, I agree with Spence. That that album right there, that that was a dope album from Two Chains. That's right. Yeah, that's like his classic album, I would say, like for Two Chains at least. Um, but now, like I I know with Two Chains though, like he had LeBron produce that album or executive produce that album, and I'm just thinking like if Drake and LeBron were to retire at the same time. Imagine Drake having like, and I'm very curious to how it would sound with LeBron, of course, but like LeBron actually like being the executive producer of that album. Like, imagine what that would even sound like. I I don't know. I I, I can't imagine it, man. I, I I really can't. You know, actually, it's breaking news to me that he even produced, you know, executive producer of of Two Chain shit. You know what I mean? But a Drake like retirement album you know it's drake would have to make it a classic i know nigel hates talking about drake he's dreading it now but we got to talk about the lebron <laughs> of the rap game how did my name even come out i didn't say a fucking word like, i'm just chilling i just see your eyes and you're like bro like like here we go no i was looking here, at the football game here, here, here we, we go, go. Why, lamar why jackson's we talk? running all why? over the browns right now uh, why why can't we talk about hoop life too? You know why can't right. we talk? <laughs> why can't it, the, t- the James Harden curse, right? That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. The, the, he, and one of the songs he was like, like you know, fuck James Harden. So basically, the curse <laughs> is still real, bro. <laughs> Jeez. So we have a question. We have an answer to the question now. The curse is still on and in effect. That's why. Yeah. For for Jeez. whatever reason, I can't remember. But yeah, man, like Drake. If he drops a retirement album, it got to be a classic, man. It, it it has to be. He, you know, it got it's, it might be reminiscent of Jay Z when you know he did one of his retirements. I don't know, man. Like when I think about Drake retiring, like I I honestly don't think there's gonna be any like true retirement for Drake. I think Drake will just put out music like as he wants, and I think with that we'll always get you know we'll get the Drake that sounds like the Drake we all know. And then we'll get the Drake that kind of also like goes with the times kind of like Jay-Z has like, you know what I mean? Jay-Z doesn't rap like Jay-Z from back in the day anymore, but he easily could and would be accepted if he did. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think I can, I can just see, I can see where that comes from. I think when it comes to Drake though, I do feel like Drake will probably, I think he'll announce a retirement album. I do think I do agree with you though. He'll he'll still keep putting out music. He'll probably just put it at, out at his own discretion rather, instead of like being like the artist that always come always comes out every year, year after year. Because I think with any artist, definitely someone of that caliber, like the more the the bigger they get as a as an artist, i.e., means there's more money, which means there's more opportunities to make money outside of just making music. So yeah. I definitely agree where like he still he'll still make he'll still make music and put music out and have people like still want to listen to it. But I think he'll still put out a retirement album and like what that album will sound like. Cause I think he'll have to put out that one album to just let people know, like, yo, like this is not it, but this is like this is my last time I feel like I want to put my all into this and then I want to go do some other stuff. So I think like that album though is I I don't know if it might sound like the black album. It might sound like the black album of telling you like yo what I did, what I'm doing, what I will do 
and this in the same breath that Jay-Z was able to like do all say he say did he did everything he said he would do. Either he did it, did it, or did it at the end of the day. Like it's just like at some point in time it's been done by him. Whatever that task was in the terms of like what he referenced to on the black album. So I think when it comes to like this album, I, I just think if Drake puts out a retirement album, I think that one special track we get every album, I think we'll get it for like just like 15 songs. I'm not sure if you guys will like it because I mean, I know you guys aren't really a big fan of like some of Drake's best work. So no, bro. Come on. Let's cut the nonsense. The general consensus is, hey, views is not his best work. That's it's the not. general consensus. And that's, the, and that's, that's a fact. Who are you asking? You can the look general it up cons- and, and it's going to be real. First of all, the general consensus is Guapo Jackson and Big Cozy. That we are the consensus. What else matters? <laughs> we are the you're consensus. Not the measure. I'm glad you're not the measuring stick. Like <laughs> no, Dan, the measuring stick. We are the consensus. When you do the 2020 consensus, we we are the overseers. We are the ones that put the program in place. And hey, yo, make and- sure to cut this and make this the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Like Drake, I, I I can listen to views. I I don't hate views. I what album I hate from Drake is "Think of Me Later." That's fucking a hey, man. That's ashtray type shit, right? See, but geez. but fucking like you know, views is it's just to me it, and also to Nigel. Well, and we make up the general consensus that it's not his best work. So, but with that being said, I. Whatever Drake decides to put out as his retirement album, whatever avenue he takes, as long as it's not thank me later, I'll tune into it and and I'll I'll give it some replays because I gave you some replays too. There's some songs of views I do like, you know. I'm not saying that, right. like I said, I'm not saying it's utter garbage. You know, a lot of people didn't like that very first song of views. I liked it, you know. Keep the family close, but that shit was real. So I'm just all I'm saying though is just like I didn't think it was. You know, the general consensus didn't think it was his best work. <laughs> no, Two people. Yeah, that like, should be I, our tag team name. The general, general consensus. consensus. <laughs> the general consensus. <laughs> no, I already told Two y'all. people. I think, Two people. Um, I think his best albums are if you're reading this and nothing was the same. And I flip flop in between which one of those two I like the most, you know, from Drake. It, but it's like, Views is for sure on the bottom for me. Like, or if yeah. it's not on the bottom, then it's like damn near, and that's just the Chopped. way it is. But that, maybe views when is, he, view, views maybe is when number he, one. Maybe when he gets done rapping, he can go and be Obama in the Christopher Nolan directed movie. Ooh, that would be crazy. Christopher See? Nolan directed him. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine how crazy that would be, right? I'm gonna just like I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you have views number one. But, uh, <laughs> but just, not, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that. But um, did y'all see what Christopher Nolan said about the movies coming out? Yeah, I seen something. What he was saying, I, he he had a point. Personally, I think he has a point. What, when what, it, what well, did he say? So we can all yeah. know what he said. Well, I was about to, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're right, because, like, what pretty much she was just saying, like, how this HBO Max deal is not going to be good, not be, will not be beneficial to for filmmakers in, in terms of, like, how, how they can finance a movie, essentially. 
which ultimately leads to the the quality of a movie overall. So I got to play devil's advocate with this, right? I I like Christopher Nolan films. I think we all do. So here's the contrast to that. Hey, Chris, Tenet came out on theaters off the strength of you saying no streaming platforms. And it didn't do well in the box office. Hey, Chris, how are these movie studios going to make their money back if we're just holding out until the pandemic's over to have theaters open? At least we put on the streaming platforms. We have a chance to at least break even. You know, we got to make some type of movie, Chris, or you're going to be filming these movies out of your fucking garage. So that's the devil's advocate to that. I hear what Chris is saying and what Chris is saying is not wrong from the art aspect and the quality aspect of films. But when you start talking about the business side of shit, how are you going to make your fucking money if nobody's going to your theater to watch it? The, the actors and the actresses, they're already paid. They did their job. They acted. You know, they're sitting back uh, sipping, you know, mimosas wherever now. But you and the producers... They gotta. They have to get fucking paid. They can't get paid if the movies is not in the theater. So the next best thing is, hey, we're gonna put on the streaming platform, charge whatever, so we could get some type of money. Unless Chris, you want to open your garage up for business and film out of there. You could film Tenant Two out of there. And but, tell me how that goes. But the, and, and I, I get what you're saying in terms of playing that devil's advocate because clearly I think you agree with. With him, just like I, I do. do. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, um, because my question is then, like, at, at that point, is like, what is like the value of like the the short term band aid? The the short term play, which would be the band aid, is like them doing things how they're going to do them, right? Of putting them out on both platforms at the same time. But like the the long term run is like yo financially, like if granted like hey the short term play is these companies are able to get their money back right they're closer to breaking even at least, and that helps now. But eventually it's like you're not getting what the things that we love about these great movies like Christopher Nolan movies and everything like the Batman's and so on and so forth. Tenet, you're not getting that movie. If he doesn't have the budget for it, and if yep. he doesn't have the budget for it, it's it you you then at that point it's gonna look like he's filming every movie in the garage. Like I'm sorry, like a someone like Christopher Nolan, he deserves to spend two hundred thousand. If he wants to spend a hundred million dollars to make a movie, he does. He has he has earned that right. But probably, probably spends more, man. I heard Tenant was expensive. Yeah, I like, would, it was a very I, expensive movie, and it was Christopher Nolan, so they're expecting to get it all back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like for real. Let's be real, man. Like I was looking at it the other day. I was like, like Disney, for example. You know what uh, Marvel Avengers success looks like? Over a billion dollars. Yeah. They expect it. that's the standard yeah (laughs) it's like when they make like 700 million it's like whoa 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 like hey (laughs) y'all gotta fix that shit (laughs) like never again we need some reorganization going on (laughs) yeah for real like i understand what he's saying you know what i mean like he spent 205 million dollars to make tenant and what was the what was the uh box office for 
the box office for it? Uh, three fifty nine point nine. I mean, that's good. Don't get me wrong, but you think they were they weren't expected to double that? But yeah, that, they were but looking that must seven. Yeah, but that's like global numbers, though. That's not just domestic. And then that's yeah. They were definitely yeah. expecting to make more money. Like they made so, money. I'm sure they made a little bit of money. But that all right. This is the problem with the uh, Justice League movie when it came out. So yeah, they broke even as far as like the cost for production, but in order to match the cost for advertisement, they had to make a decent bit more money. And they, mm-hmm. I don't think they ever did. And that's why we saw like all that shit stop, man. Like that, they, these business people, they want dollars in their pocket and dollars in their company. They're not investing in this shit for nothing. Hey man, sidetrack guys. I really think that we, we should, uh, for the listeners get into some more movie topics, man. Cause I felt like we all, you know, we all could talk about some movies, not just like movies as health, but like behind the scenes shit, man. Cause I feel like movies is very interesting. I'm a low key movie buff. So I, I, I could talk about some good movies. So nice. my bad for the sidetrack. No, you're good. We're talking about entertainment. We can talk about other things in entertainment too, like Mario Judah. Cause I know you like him. Oh a lot. my God. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Fuck. How you like whole, whole lot of red? I, it, I don't know. It didn't drop yet. It doesn't drop till December 25th. No, it dropped already. I mean, Playboy Cardi, he didn't drop it. No, he Playboy Cardi gave, told you already he woke up to people sounding like him, okay? And clearly, <laughs> he woke up to Mario Judas sounding like him, and he gave you a whole lot of red. Man. So what's there to complain about? Man, if it's not and Playboy it's Cardi. Slut. So, man, I, I'm, I'm going back to dial it then. What, what is your problem with him? Why, why do you not like Mario Judas? Bro, he's an industry plant. Come on. This guy came out of nowhere. He came out of fucking nowhere. And then he has this trash ass, you know, rock sounding like song. And where people are like, oh, he might be racist because he's saying nigga. And I'm just like, yo, this is an industry plant. Some somebody whose job on the label, hey man, your job is to create some buzz and controversy around this fat fuck. So go ahead and, and do that. Like this guy, come on. You, can you honestly say this guy is good? Like, would you put that on your mom's? Like, you know, this guy's a great course, talent. It, it, huh. Exactly. <laughs> this guy's a fuck. He's a fucking joke, and he's an obvious joke, man. It wasn't like Lil B, where it's like homegrown, nobody backing this nigga at all, and he gained his own buzz. This nigga came out of nowhere. Nowhere he's already having performances on fucking Rolling Loud. Like, come on, bro. Like, that's industry plant shit. And not only that, man, it, his music isn't hitting at all, man. The guy, he's he he's a fucking joke. He his music is a joke. It's not even rap music. If you say that's rap music, then I it's one of those things you're kind of like, all right, bro, I'm I'm gonna walk away from you. I mean, it's all entertainment, bro. Like at this point, like I, I agree with you because we we, uh, we talked about this off mic, where Mario Judah is nothing more than like just a reiteration of six nine, right? And I think this time they just know, hey, how they can control it. As you can see, like nobody knew who this guy was two months ago. Like two months ago, no one ever. I never heard of his name. I never heard of like. I got. I know some people that are younger than me that are like in the like the teenage loop of like music and stuff like that. Like little cousins never heard them bring him up. All types of stuff. All different parties never heard his name, and then out of nowhere, he's like on rap genius. So I the same with you. I think he's an industry plant. Um, it 
it also shows to me like, yo, he's he's took the six nine route of like creating controversy to like promote himself because like he's gonna be a flash in the plan, flash in the pan, no different than Trinidad James. But he's just he right now he figured out a hack. I'm not sure if he figured out the hack to get inside or if they figured out a hack and said, Hey, let's just pick this kid up and we can control him because he didn't have much prior to because if you go on his Instagram, his old or he might have deleted them now, but he had some like Instagram pictures from earlier this year that didn't even have like a thousand likes, which like granted is social media, but like if you're like this popping quote unquote, like you get what I'm saying? Like it yeah. you should be having more traction via social media. So I mean, who knows, man? Like it seems like something is definitely in the works. Um, is like it's a little bit too much, you know what I mean, in this case. But yeah. it, it's just like it, it just seems weird. Um, like it's it's entertaining to a certain degree. Um, the whole whole lot of red thing kind of reminds me of what Young Thug tried to do with Lil Wayne back in the day. Oh and yeah, the barter six. Yep, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, like that. So that seems some, somewhat familiar. I can't say that anything about it seems unfamiliar. It seems like things that we've seen before, just kind of in a different package. Yeah, I, but Thug Thug was a real rapper, bro. No, uh, I'm not saying that about Thug. Like, look, I like Thug. I'm not saying that about Thug. I'm saying it about uh Mario Judah. Mario, you know, man. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, you're ready. You're ready to be done. All right, yeah, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Move us on. Well, I was hoping. I'm just hoping he doesn't try to do the same. I hope he doesn't try to do another stealing of albums with someone like Pusha T because. Apparently, because I'm not sure if you know, but apparently, like, uh, Kanye's supposed to be working on a whole lot of red for uh, Playboy Cardi. And apparently, Pusha T just came out and confirmed it with uh, Steven Victor, which is not surprising that Kanye West and the Neptunes will be actually uh, producing his next album, which isn't too big of a surprise, but, like, something to look forward to. I can say that, at least. Man, shout out. To push a T, I remember me as Spence. I just came home, you know what I mean, from business. And Spence was like, yo, man, let's go to this Pusha T concert. And I was like, all right, fuck it. It was my first time going to a rap show. We all had a good time, you know what I mean? I but, I uh, voice. yo, it's still OVO over here, bro. So it's still. Nah, <laughs> wow. <laughs> How did you direct that back to Drake? <laughs> that was so. That's off. crazy. It's so still random. OVO. Yeah. Still OVO <laughs> right here, bro. Bro, listen. I I made sure to make sure I made sure that the conversation about Drake wasn't even going to be near the Pusha T conversation, just so they couldn't be in the same breath. All right. Y'all want to talk about any other music that came out? I listened to. Uh, oh. 38 Spash, he put out a project called 1995. Uh, uh, I didn't check yeah. it out yet. I, I listened to that. It was uh, it was meh at best. It was Not cool. Because... I mean, damn, wow. All right. <laughs> like, my God. It was a 15-minute project. I mean, like, <laughs> you want me to say, like, it's the best thing that ever came out? It was cool for a little 15 minutes. It sounded like a whole bunch of freestyles put together. That's what it sounded yeah. like, but it was that's cool. What it, that's what it sounded Yeah, that's why I was like, meh, because <laughs> I was expecting, like, a you know, usually when he when he puts out projects, he's he's either doing collaborations or his own joint, but he mainly produces his shit. This I was like, yo, man, I could just go on YouTube and find, you know, nineties freestyles. So like 
It was mad. <laughs> no, I, I get it. It's just like it's 15 minutes. I wasn't really expecting too much. You know what I mean? Like it's I, like what 12 songs in 15 minutes. I'm just saying, like the way you brought it up, I was like, oh, okay, you know, he he, 38 special got a gem. Well, no, Next, say, I, I I say it because I know a lot of people listen to Jack Harlow. It came out too. I was just like, okay, here we go, Rap City, the basement mixtape. That's what this was. But yo, you gotta chill, man. <laughs> you gotta chill. You gotta chill, yo. You gotta chill. Hell, did you you heard you talking about 38 special? You heard Heem's uh, album though, right? Heem's album was fire. But the I, I didn't listen. Short. I ain't listen to Thirty Eight Special Joint, but like it, Heem's album is fire. I ain't yeah. gonna hold you. It's like thirty. It's like thirty five, forty minutes. I thought that's what you was talking about in the text, Nigel. Actually. Nah, I, I haven't heard. Uh, I haven't heard that yet. I was. Uh, I was talking about Thirty Eight Special. I know y'all were talking about Jack Harlow a little earlier. I still didn't get a chance to listen to it, but oh, um, bro, that joint is that joint is all right. Yeah, I was gonna say that joint is all right. I, oh, I'm not man. gonna hold you because like. Yeah. Br- Prior prior to Spets saying anything today, you could have talked to Big Cozy Beto, Jack Harlow. And then, you know, I, I listened to the good word of the brethren. And, you know, I trust his advice and, and judgment. And I was like, all right, I'm going to pop. I'm going to pop it in. I'm going to go ahead and listen to it through Alpha Music. And I was like, you know what? This is all right. This ain't that, that fucking bad. I, I, I can't even hate on it. So shout out to Jack Harlow, man. You put out a solid project, man. Yeah. Actually, shout outs to John. Yeah, shout out to him because like he had said something to me on uh or he had tweeted something about the Jack Carlo being his album being nice. And I kept seeing tweets about it, but I'm like, I'm not buying into it. It's it's a dope album. Me and Lyle, we had talked about it, and like you can hear a lot of like Drake influence. I can definitely mm-hmm. say that a lot of Drake influence, a lot of like primarily just Drake. It's like that that one special song Drake puts on every album. Uh, Jack Harlow, he kind of like he he puts everything together. He kind of puts everything together where it's where you're getting that that Drake song pretty much throughout the whole album. Not the whole album, but like a fair a fair ugh, a fair majority of the album. I'll say the song the song that I liked the most was uh, the fucking um, the Chris Brown song. Mm. The Chris Brown song was the song that I, I liked the most. And I was just kind of like, yo, like, this this is all right. So, Nigel, definitely tune in. You know what I mean? One half of the general consensus is already saying it, so I need the other half to, to tune in. That's fair enough, man. I mean, so, you know, if, I, if I don't like it, then the general consensus has spoken, and it's yeah. just a 50-50. You might You're right. Well, luckily, the measuring stick will, <laughs> the, luckily, the measuring stick will let you guys know. The measuring the stick of the God. culture. The, the, measuring state. Stick, <laughs> the measuring stick of the culture will let you guys know that it, it's good. Say, say kitsch the measuring stick. You know, of the gu- culture. Gu- Guapo Jackson, Big Cozy, the general <laughs> consensus. We're like, we're like the fucking NWO. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh gosh God. yo speaking of that um speaking of that right i remember we had spoke about this a while ago but Speak, um, speaking of what speaking of what what's nah, up? the cop in the 250 yeah i heard oh, people I heard, don't know about that yet yeah, yeah they, people they, don't know nah, about that yeah. nah if they they should if they if you've been listening this early episodes we talked about cop in the 250 Did so we, we ain't even, yeah we talked about cop in the 250 early oh early. shit yeah, like yeah. first, like the first three episodes, we talked about copping the two fifty. Yeah, how did I come up? <laughs> like, like, like you gotta realize those early episodes, we were just kind of like chatting. So, yeah. like, 
Like we, I think somewhere along the lines, we're just like, yo, someone, we're gonna bring up the two fifty. Like, oh, okay. well. Well, go ahead. Say what you're gonna shout say. Shout out, shout out to little baby though. He got he copped the two fifty, but of course, shorty couldn't keep her mouth quiet, and she went on uh, a porn star. Actually, funny enough, speaking about Pornhub earlier, hopefully she has a verified account because now she has probably messed up the bag for herself because she went on Twitter drunk after uh, a meetup allegedly, allegedly meeting up with the baby. Fumbled the bag. She get the bag. What what the what did amigos call it? Uh, I get the bag and fumble. You get the bag and fumble it. Yeah. I get the, like whatever it is. Like she fumbled the bag, nonetheless. And yeah, so but she was trying to say like, yo, little baby paid her like six bands or sixteen thousand something crazy. Man, all she had to do was shut up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's it. Well, yeah. I, what that? What's is she saying? Like, oh, that was like the best she ever yeah. had and shit so she you know it sounded like she started to become emotionally invested in the situation you know it sounded like you know what she had was like her prince charming and then she couldn't keep quiet about that shit and and you know she That's was like happens. yeah so like he he really and if he did do that and all that stuff like that like damn you know what i mean like bro like I'm pretty sure more rappers do that shit where they sleep with porn stars. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah, but I mean, she, don't you remember Max B slept with Roxy Reynolds? I'm not surprised that Max B did that. You know, he was always talking about fucking bitches. You know, so <laughs> nah, he no, he's literally on camera drinking Grand Crude, saying how he smashed Roxy Reynolds, and he probably did. Lil Wayne was then. Lil Wayne was fucking porn stars too. Like, no, uh, like I said, I, I because I mean, look at uh. What's his name? Lil Uzi. Lil Uzi, didn't he smash that that one girl who JT? I, no, no, no. I, I mean, is she a porn star? Oh, I know who you're talking about. You're talking about I mean, the one. She's model. a city girl. I know you're yeah, about. yeah, the one bottle girl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, supposedly, supposedly that was his thing for a little bit, you know? Yeah. I, I Trippy Red apparently smashed Tiana Trump. Like, you know what I mean? So like she just messed up the situation for herself. Like if she also if she was doing it for money and all she had to do is be quiet, then hey, look. She got yeah. mostly invested, man. She thought, like, hey, I don't got to do porn no more. Right. I had sex with a little baby. She, you know, she like, business, the, business. Hey, th- well, I mean, like I said, she got mostly invested. Hey, this is my highway ticket. I, you know, I put this porn on him. He, he, he got to come back. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly, clearly, he hit the, clearly, he hit the skip button. Yeah. On that one. He clearly hit the skip button because he, de- I mean, listen, man, like, I ain't gonna hold you. Lil Baby did it the smart way. If I mean I don't well, I'll say this. Lil Baby, he I don't I don't condone soliciting prostitution or I there's nothing what people do with sex workers is their business. Uh but you know what I mean? He thought he was paying for a product and I guess he just the agreement to the to getting the whole product just didn't work out. But I mean Hey, it's the cause of the, it's the rules to the game, and you live and you learn. You know what I mean? And besides, like Shorty said, he gonna be he gonna be in the clear, nonetheless. I don't know if you guys heard though. Uh, less off of that, but Boldy James he dropped another album actually oh, this year, uh, Big Bad Boldy. And that, I'm gonna listen to it. Yeah, I still that, haven't listened to the Versace tape, honestly. Yeah, you are slacking, Nigel. Come I, on, I listen, I've been listening to a lot of shit, man. I listened to the Versace tape. I wasn't a big fan of it. Mm. Like, 
Mm. I wasn't a big fan. I wasn't a big fan of the Versace tape. Mm. Like, yeah. I I enjoyed the Versace tape. I, I don't know if I enjoyed it because of, you know, how Boldy James is rapping on the Jay Versace beats, or I, I just enjoyed it because I like Boldy James a lot. You know what I mean? I I don't know if, if it's between that two, but Big Bad Boldy, that project was cool. I don't think it's better than Versace tape. Um, really? I think, no, I, I, I don't. Um, <clears throat> there were some songs on there that I was like, okay, I'm not, I don't really care for, but uh, the Versace tape and Price to China are like high points for me for this year, for especially from Boldly James. Um, next year, hopefully he comes out with an, with another big uh, project because the Big Bad Boldly just sound like, hey, yo, oh, you got some cool beats. Hey, let's just put something together real quick. That's what this sounded like. Yeah, it it definitely felt like a um it felt like more like a mixtape where someone was just kind of putting music together. Um it he did rap over like some old beats, which I I did honestly personally I like that feeling because it's a, a I'm glad rappers are kind of getting back to like rapping over old beats just because it's like that nostalgic feeling. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, like I mean, I was I actually really like this project. I personally, like I said, I wasn't a fan of Versace tapes. So like to me, this is like up there with Price of Tea in China. I think this might be one of his best projects this year. I will say this though, the only song I did not like, which he's rapping good on, I think it's called like I, I believe it's called Good Foot. I believe it's either Good Foot or Light Bill, because it's either what I think it's either, I think it's got Mayhem or Ren on it, so I think it's Light Bill. But it's literally probably the worst beat I've ever heard before. Mm. Literally, you, you haven't heard some terrible beats. Though. Have you no. ever heard the song "East" by Earl Sweatshirt? No. Listen, have you ever heard that beat that they play over that meme with uh, LeBron in the studio, not in his head? I was thinking about Baker Mayfield. Uh, no, that, <laughs> that, that was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that, literally, that beat, that beat oh, is God. literally the beat that's on Boldy James tape. That I personally, to me, I think is a horrible beat. There, there's a great rapping over that beat, but it's a horrible beat. It's up, us up there with that Baker Mayfield meme. So here's you, what I want you, you didn't to hear hit him then. By and, nah, what I want you to do is listen I to the song East and tell me what you think because like. It's one of the worst beats I've ever heard. And like, tell me what you think next year when we get on the podcast again. Or or a blue flame intro. That's that's a bad beat too. I, I matter of fact, I'll well um I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I'll definitely check it out. Hey yo, did you guys I don't know if you guys heard or not, but um apparently on Clubhouse there was like a whole conversation between Meek Mill and the Tubby Man, aka I Academics. Did hear about that. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, yep. yeah. I, I seen that. I seen uh that apparently I so I don't know what Clubhouse is. I'm assuming it's some type of app where people yeah. could join in and talk to each other. It's like a group chat. It reminds me of like of Uvu back in the day yeah. without the video. So motherfuckers apparently Tory Lanez, 21 Savage, um Meek Mill and some other rappers, they're all in academics, quote unquote, clubhouse. And they were basically like shitting on him. And academics and Meek Mill were apparently arguing back and forth. And the academics ended up leaving or some shit. And at 21 was basically like saying like, hey, the reason why academics is prominent because you're giving that nigga uh, ammunition to post shit. 
stop stop posting shit negative shit and he won't be posting negative shit type of shit and then uh you know basically it's one of those things like hey academics we're waiting to catch you in traffic type of deal and uh, and you know it it, it's you know it'll be like a long time coming when that happens right because it's like i feel like this guy see before he was just a media guy he didn't he he stayed out of people's lanes and you know he was just reporting on shit whatever now he's he's start he's like the referee of a fight he's starting to believe he's the he's the star of the show and you know he's talking shit to our rappers now talk about oh i can't wait i couldn't wait to flex on one of you rap nigga just real corny shit we already know this guy and he said it on live publicly like hey i'm 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 not gonna fight da 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 I'm going to call the police, you know, all sorts of shit. The guy is uh, the true definition of a keyboard warrior, right? A guy that lives behind his phone, his computer, talking hella, hell of shit. And then like, you know, he's nowhere to be found because he's hiding, he's hiding in the, in the same hole that the groundhog is in. And when you, and if you ever come across him, you know, It'll be like a unicorn sighting or Bigfoot sighting, but you want to take the opportunity to to fuck him up, you know? And I just feel like <clears throat> this academic thing, man, he's kind of like a plague on the culture, unfortunately. And like he, you know, like him making him making money is good for him, you know, get it how you can. But like the dude, the dude is not a positive at all. You know, like I saw today. He posted like a picture of NBA young boy posted up with a gun, you know. And then I read the comments and the fans were like, yo, why don't you post that he went gold? Why don't you post <laughs> something, you know, why don't you post something positive about young boy? And I'm like, that's kind of like what Meek Mill and them were talking about. He's just striving for the negative shit. But at the same time, I feel you on that. Like, I think because I, I, I didn't listen to the whole thing. But from what I listen to of the conversation, you can tell where there are points being made on both ends, right? Like, like I do agree where, he, to some extent, he he profits off of off of what happens from the culture, right? But at the same time, I do believe like academics is also like he he's doing he he's doing his job, right? To some extent, I think from I think sometimes there is this blended view of like what is deemed appropriate culturally versus what is deemed appropriate professionally right and from a professional standpoint if you look at academics for what he is because they even were talking about he's a journalist at the at this truest profession right and it goes back to the whole thing with the conversation with vlad last week where um where like the whole issue with casanova and how they the feds had said they were using parts of interviews like i think someone like academics if you i'm not putting like even academics told me like yo i'm not putting anything that you aren't putting on the internet you're putting this stuff on the internet you shouldn't get mad at me for posting something that you put up you know what i mean like which makes a lot of sense so like i i understand where ak is coming from i do think he i, I do think there there's a lot that can be changed and a lot of there's a lot of growth, a lot of room for growth when it comes to like his platform, I'll say. And I think whatever that's defined as, I think it's something that he has to figure out. 
because I think I, I think he'll, I think academics is going to be able to be sustainable. But just after seeing like a conversation like that, I think someone like having like having someone like a Twenty One Savage there to help from de-escalating the 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 the, the situation to something even deeper at least. Um, it's just a shame that it's a shame that like we we do live in a society society where someone like academics he he profits off of something like this from from a culture but at the same time it's like i i think he has to recognize where there needs to be a balance at the end of the day so i mean i'm I'll, this is final thing i'll say about the the infamous right. tommy man is you know, I just don't, yes, you're going to, you know, report and post the drama and all that. That's how you get clicks, clickbait type shit. I get it. But when he's posting shit kind of like, so remember when Six Nine got out of jail and then there was like this garbage rapper who was like, hey, you want to get to Six Nine, kills kids, kills family? And then he posted that and people were like, yo, why are you posting this? Take this down. And the fact that he has the audacity to post that that's the problem, bro. Just because you see somebody do that, you at that you, you gotta it's have like you're supporting it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. There's that's there's nothing positive about that. It's like, bro, like, why are you posting that? And out the top of that, six eyes is supposed to be your, your meds. Why are you posting somebody be like, hey, go kill his kids, go kill his family? That's how you get at them. Like that, you, like my, that ain't that's how like come on, bro. Like there's gotta be a balance. That's what I mean. Right. My thing is that with with academics, like I I don't see how he can't agree with them to a certain degree, especially when he was somewhat you would figure. I don't I don't want to say involved with X like around the time of his passing. You know what I mean? Whether it be like on a more like personal level or just somebody who talks to him every now and then, as far as media goes, like who knows? But um, it's one of those things where you know X X and Tashian had passed away. You know, got murdered, and then you know it. I remember specifically watching a moment from Everyday Struggle where Joe Budden was like, hey, look, you should watch out for him because somebody's going to kill him. And I'm sure he didn't mean like in the sense of like, hey, somebody's going to run up on him in the middle of a motorcycle shop. But like he was saying he's moving dangerously. So, you know, warn your friend. If he's your friend, you should warn him. And it's just certain things that we all see and we just handle differently. And when you promote the other side of it, it's like, hey, you're kind of playing a role in this, whether it's minimal or large. Yeah, I'm just saying, anytime you post something, hey, man, go kill his family, go kill his kids. Bro, you don't, that's not, what kind of morals do you got, bro? It's one thing to post drama with females and, and shit like that, or if rappers talking shit on Instagram, it's another thing to be posting shit like that. You know what I mean? Like when King Von died, he was posting all the Quando Rondo shit, you know? And I'm just kind of like, bro, like, what are you here for? Like, are you here to be fake journalism? You know what I mean? Or are you here just to be like, fuck everybody, I'm going to post whatever the fuck I want. And if somebody has a problem, you know, they're not going to get to me anyway because they're behind the screen, I'm behind the screen. And I think that's why people have problems with him, man. And you know, more power to him, man. His day, his time is coming, and when his time comes, you know, no, I don't wish death on nobody or nothing, but, you know, somebody might spank him, and when it happens, it might not, it, it, unfortunately, he might get a bad 
wave of the spanking. Right. I mean, hey, listen, man. Like, only time would tell. I mean, let's let's just with the with twenty twenty being the year that it's been. Let's just pray for more positivity, more peace, more love, more wins, less losses. Because we know one thing, if we don't know anything for certain, is that the Washington Redskins, well, I mean Washington football team, actually finally gave the Steelers their first loss, which they've been overly due for. So I just wanted to bring that up. We don't have to really talk too much about it. I just wanted to bring that up. Since since I know the um what's your what's your guy's name again? The Washington football team? No, no, the consensus? No, the general consensus. The general because I know the general consensus. Uh, they're oh, they're both equally the invested. I'm just saying the the general consensus is equally invested in in this in this update just because one is a Steelers fan and one is a Washington football team fan. So I just figure I'll put that to out. Divide there. and conquer. That's that's smart. Divide that's and smart. conquer. I'm just bringing I'm bringing light to the news. It's, it's hey, things man. are happening out here. It's what's happening, baby. Hey man, the general consensus we we might not be fans of the same team, and you know. Big Cozy was right in his spoiler, but at the end of the day, we are the world tag team champions. And if Nigel has to keep eating the pin, you know, because shouts out to the Bills, you know, they <laughs> that then so be it. But at the end of the day, we will walk away with the gold. So, like I said before, our listeners, they never wanted to talk about football <laughs> until the Steelers lost. Like they, every time we've talked about Steelers or football on the show, it's been because of me. They did. They never wanted to talk about the show prior to the Steelers losing. And it's funny because Lau planned on oh, having a little. Lau had a little plan for the uh, one and eleven and one, but since that time has passed <laughs> since we recorded, now he's on the Bills Mafia, which is cool because I've, I've never heard him support the Bills in my life, and he might just say that randomly now as a thing, which is cool. That's fine. Not I've known Lau for a long time, Westerners. At least a decade. Never have I heard him mention the Bills. Ever. I I even talk about Josh Allen in a good light. And he's like, nah, bro, nah. And I'm just like, all right. Hey, man. All I'm saying is you'll never forget that day in history. We were the one and 11 and one. You'll never forget it. I remember you were in the house angry. You banged the arm, (laughs) the side of your couch. I remember that, bro. You you got pissed off. And you're I like, right. shit on accident with football games, too. I get, yeah. I get into it, man. See, I'm telling the truth. Everybody out. <laughs> nah. <it's-> <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like that. <laughs> I think I think we'll have a good year. Like I think the Steelers are gonna be all right, though. It, it's a it was a weird way to uh, end the year and whatever, but you know, we are here with the people recording the podcast. And the next time we see you guys will be in January or at least with, you know, the regular type of show. We are out for the year. We will see you guys later. We we have some stuff coming for y'all. But, like, uh, what, what do you guys have to say about this year as far as the podcast um, goes? Um, In terms of, like, the future or just wrapping up for 2020? Both. Well, um, for wrapping up for 2020, um, I'm I want to thank everybody that's listened to the podcast, been here throughout the whole year, um, and I can't wait to see what more we have in store with you guys. Um, And in terms of the future, 
there's a lot of things that we're working on. Um, some things, you know, we'll get more into as time reveals itself. But there's a lot of things we're working on, to say the least. I'll I'll leave it at that. And uh, I I can't wait to see what we have to unveil in the near future in terms of like for the audience themselves. So, I mean, that's really all. That's really what I got to say in terms of like what it has to when it comes to that. So. Man, fuck 2020 for real. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> fuck 2020. I, what I will say, right, on a positive note is, you know, shouts out to everybody that supported us, that listened to us. We will be better. We will be improved. And we will be a, you know, a great product in 2021. Not saying we were bad at all in 2020 because we're not. We, You know, we were just guys that just, started to get our feet wet in this mad game called podcasting. So definitely thank you to the listeners. Um, 2020 has been a rough year. I can imagine for, you know, almost everybody in the world. Um, 2020 has been very crazy, you know, a lot of crazy fucking events, but um, 2021 isn't going to be like, Hey, this, the best year overnight, but we're all hoping that 2021 will become you know, a year where things start to become better. Um, but regardless, we will have to stay strong. Big Cozy will stay strong for the people because without the millions and millions of Big Cozy fans, <laughs> just joking, but, you know, but for real, um, I just want to thank you guys because, you know, it, it, it was definitely a trio, all three of us, like, you know, three musketeers type shit. It was like, hey, or three amigos, whatever. Hey, you know, let's put this idea into reality. And we fucking did it. And um, we're only going to get bigger. You know, Nacho won't be the only one calling himself a whole lot of money. So me and and Spence, we will be calling ourselves. I mean, I've already been a whole lot of money, but, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just just for the sake of boosting, you know, Guapo Jackson's ego. So honestly, thank you guys. I love Guapo. you, my brothers. Um, 2021, we coming. We're coming for your motherfucking neck, as always. And um, shouts out to everybody. Shouts out to the world. You know, that's um, it. Well, boom, boom, me, boom, boom. The year's been a lot of, uh, a lot of change and a lot of growth. You know what I mean? Like, not just because of like the amount of shit that has happened, especially towards like the latter part of the year, just like all types of like, I, I would say just the changes that have happened, you know, from jobs to all types of things going on, you know, it, it's similar to what I saw on Thanksgiving. Like, you know, it's, it's been a lot. And I think next year can only be better because like I've said to a lot of people this year, when things seem to get the worst, usually, you know, they can have no choice but to go high because if things are at its worst moment, then the next moment can't be any worse. You know what I mean? Or at least you would, you would strongly hope that it wouldn't. But um, it, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, there's a lot to look forward to. There's a lot of things from the podcast. I like doing this with my friends. I have fun doing this with my friends. Um, you know what I mean? Like it, there's a lot of things that aren't going to change from this year. So, Anybody who goes into 2021 saying this is like my year now, like just save that for like 2023 when things might be back to normal because shit's going to be like this for a long time. 
So it was it, it, just the way it is. And, you know, like, I, I think just keep on coming back and listening to us and tell us that you actually, you know, like our shit. Uh, like and subscribe our shit. You know what I mean? Bookmark our shit. Reshare our shit. Retweet our shit. Do everything with our shit that we put yeah. online and we have it for y'all, for y'all to listen to. Hey, man, drop the motherfucking handles, man. Drop the drop the motherfucking ads. Hey, we're gonna start getting fucking clue bombs for y'all, man. Go ahead and I'll drop that shit. Follow us at Highly Advised Podcast on Instagram and Advise Highly on Twitter. We will see you guys next year. You Whoa. have been highly all right. All right. Go ahead, Spence. <laughs> Before we get out of here, um everybody listening, just want to let you guys know. Uh over the next couple of weeks, what you got, we will be out. This is the last episode we'll be recording for the year of 2020. But for the next couple of weeks, there will be episodes that will be coming out of conversation that we've had from earlier this year uh, of things we've kept in the vault that we wanted to to express to you guys and let you guys dive and indulge in on some of these conversations. So be in tune and look out for those things as well as a, a year in wrap up and in, in terms of some other things that's been going on in terms of what we cover. So with that being said, uh, drink your water, uh, love your neighbor, and I'll see you guys in 2021. You have been highly advised. We'll see you guys later. Whole lot of red drops, December 25th. Whole whole lot of red drops. It's like, uh, uh,